Welcome to Lymphedema Podcast. I'm Betty Westbrook, a certified lymphedema therapist and the voice behind Lymphedema Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to provide answers and explanations for people affected by the lymphatic disease, lymphedema. This podcast is for patients, family members, medical professionals, and anyone interested in lymphedema. Each month, I will discuss a new topic related to this disease to help you learn more and navigate better your journey ahead. Between shows, you can catch me on IGTV or Instagram TV, as well as monthly live Q&A sessions. I'm so passionate about teaching others about lymphedema that I created this podcast just for you. Thanks for joining me. I hope you're ready to learn something new today. Disclaimer, as a certified lymphedema therapist, all information provided is based on my professional experiences and education. I recommend that anyone who feels they have lymphedema or have been medically diagnosed with lymphedema seek in-person medical treatment from a certified lymphedema therapist. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 61 of Lymphedema Podcast. I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today. Many of you know her as the woman behind Lymphy Life. Um, Her social media, Instagram, and her blog, Lymphy Life, is really popular here in our lymphedema community. I have Alexa Ercolano joining me today, and we are going to talk about her 10-year birthday with Lymphy Life blog. Thanks, Betty. Welcome. Hey, it's great to be on the podcast with you. Thanks. Um, I know that you and I have met briefly in person. Uh, Before I met you, I had read your blog, and it was part of what inspired me to jump into the podcast world. So thank you for that. Um, You're welcome. (laughs) For anyone who isn't um, aware of the Lymphy Life blog, can you tell us a little bit about your blog? Sure. Um, So the blog, I I started it back um, in 2011. It started off as kind of a personal blog at first. And over the years, it's evolved to be um, tips and tricks about life with lymphedema, interviews with medical professionals and patients and community advocates, um, product reviews of compression garments and books and things like, you know, leg rest and stuff like that. So it's kind of a hodgepodge of different things. even some random posts about like the etymology of the word lymphedema or um, how to explain lymphedema to strangers. Um, So I sort of just made it, or it it evolved itself really into this kind of collective thing of covering different topics that I really wanted to know about as a patient starting out. I didn't know anything. And being a teenager, um, when I was diagnosed, I really, there's nothing online for teens and young adults, especially with lymphedema at the time. So I kind yeah, of created yeah. that space for myself and it's sort of grown since then. So, And unfortunately, there's still in a way a void. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't fall into that secondary lymphedema after specifically breast cancer, there's yeah. not really that much research around lymphedema. Um, I know that we're, we're looking to change that in a lot of areas of the community, um, but pediatric lymphedema, lymphedema onset, you know, during puberty and later on in life as a young adult, if, if it's a woman who's pregnant. Um, so I, I know that your specialty is what I'm going to call it has really spoken to a lot of people. Specifically, I was looking and I'm going to read this um, from what I pulled up earlier before our call. 
I've been doing a little research because I'm not familiar with some of your original posts. I was <laughs> not really in the lymphedema world then. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to go specifically over your first entry in just a minute. But I found this today and it's your second post that technically came out. Let me find the date at the top. The same day as your first post. Okay. So January 13th, 2011. (laughs) It's good. Um, you, you talk about your experience of being diagnosed as a sophomore in high school. And, um, it was, I'm guessing a family friend that was a plastic surgeon that came over and told you about it. Mm -hmm. Um, and at the bottom, a person commented, this is two days after you launched your blog and I'm going to say she, I don't think they identify themselves as one or the other. Um, but based on her comments, I'm going to say she, she puts her name as ugly. And on January 15th, 2011, she said, I know exactly what you mean as a high school student with lymphedema primary in my left leg. My leg is approximately one and a half times bigger than my right, more than it sounds. I have all the same feelings as you. And when I was 12, I tried to commit suicide. It's good to see other young people with it. And believe me, you're much prettier than me. And it really broke my heart just a day or so ago when I saw this. And I thought, you know, two days, that's 48 hours after you posted your first blog entry, that there is someone so deeply relating to you and your blog that they confide, you know, that I don't know how old they are currently, but they're in high school as well. That when they were 12 years old, they tried to commit suicide. And just, I've got tears in my eyes right now, just thinking about it, that what a light you've been literally since day one with the Lymphy blog, uh, the Lymphy Life blog. Um, And you go on, you answered her directly and you talked to her and telling her that you're happy she didn't choose suicide and that she chose life instead. And I just think what a great message. And I'm wondering, have you, is that the first and only message you've received like that? Or have you received others? I, I receive a lot of messages like that. To this day, I get a lot of emails or comments or Instagram messages. And it, it always really strikes me, like you said, you know, people are always so, they're so search, they're searching for something to connect to and to get answers or to feel like they're not alone with this. And and I even get a lot of emails that may not be to that degree, but people who are, are seeking medical advice even from me, because even though I have disclaimers everywhere, I'm not a medical professional, but they are so desperate for, for answers or for something to tell them what's happening to them. Are they going to be okay? Are they alone in this? You know, can they live a quote unquote normal life with this? And it is very heartbreaking because I, I had a very dark period in my life too, I, where I, you know, struggled with an eating disorder that was very heavily influenced from my lymphedema and being teased for my lymphedema. I thought, you know, that falsely that if I lost weight, my leg would, would shrink. I didn't understand that it was fluid at the time. And that led to that and, you know, substance abuse issues and everything. So I really can empathize when I get messages like that, because it's a very dark place. It can take you to feeling so isolated with this. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've, you know, was getting ready to go out or even go to school when I was younger or this or that and just crying because I felt like my leg looked so 
big. And of course, in my mind, it was so much more than it was. And I think that's the case for a lot of us. We have something we fixate on and we think everybody sees it, but people, at least the good people in our lives, they see us for us, not for our big legs or our arms or this or that. So being able to reach out to people and touch them in those ways, um, getting messages like that or one saying, you know, I, I really felt alone until I found you. I had no idea this community existed, you know, and, and all that. It, it, it inspires me in turn. It's like this endless cycle of, you know, helping and inspiring each other. And that's what I really like about this community. Yeah. And I had shared with you just a little bit ago that I almost gave up the podcast and it came about from just a couple messages. Like you're talking about, um, it just always seems to be that at that moment, you need that nudge of encouragement. Mm -hmm. Um, you're receiving it. And, and then I, I kind of thought, you know, flip the script a little bit and that, you know, 2020, I wasn't consistent with the podcast. I, I was having a baby. I was hiding from COVID. I was just like <laughs> all in my hormones about it. Um, and the few episodes that I put out, I had people message me like, man, I needed this message today. And so the timing is perfect. No matter, you know, if it's encouragement from your community reaching out to you and giving you that love back or in every timing of your post that when it finds that person on the day it's supposed to find them, it could be a 10 year old post, but mm -hmm. it finds them today and it resonates and has a message of encouragement for them or information. So I, I can't imagine the, the weight of feeling so alone with mm -hmm. lymphedema. Um, and, and on that note, I want to talk about your first entry. So I don't know if you have it there in front of you. Um, mm -hmm. I copied and pasted it to you in our message. Yes. Um, can you read your first <laughs> entry for us? Sure. Now they might make me feel emotional. Um, okay. So this was from January 13th, 2011. My name is Alexa. I'm starting this blog about lymphedema, where I'm not only going to talk about my own journey with the disease, but post other news and information about it too. I hope for this to be a place of support and awareness where people can learn about and discuss what it's like to live with lymphedema, as well as get a, a sense of hope that, hey, it's not all bad. Feel free to leave me a comment and tell me about your own experience as a lymphie. In the meantime, please be patient as the blog is still under construction. I got big plans for this site, so keep an eye out for more to come soon. Big plans indeed. Yeah, <laughs> if only I knew. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So how do you feel reading that a decade later? I, I mean, I get really, you know, I feel emotional reading that and I feel really proud of my 20 year old self um, because at that time it, it was such, uh, I felt so untethered at that point in my life. And I had recently come to terms in, in getting help for, you know, the, the aforementioned, aforementioned um, issues with my eating disorder and substance abuse. And that in turn led me to kind of come to terms with my lymphedema also. So this was sort of the beginning of, of a grounding process for me and kind of taking accountability for, for all my stuff going on and, and trying to, to, you know, get myself into a solid, solid footing. And writing that first post was like a shout in the dark and just to see if anyone would respond and shout back. And I mean, as you said earlier, two days later, you know, already yeah. reaching people. And so it, 
it really helped me a lot um, at the time. It still does. So yeah, it, it's, it's a good feeling reading. I feel like I did, I did my 20 year old self good by sticking with it and finding that anchor. So what have you found through the blog that maybe you weren't expecting in all this time? Um, it, it really gave me a sense of purpose that I didn't have before. Um, ever since I was a little kid, I knew I wanted to be a writer. That was always the dream. I was writing since I, I could write, you know, little stories and stuff. But it wasn't until I started the blog that, and it, it really kind of kicked off, that I felt like this missing piece split into place. And um, it, it had been my, like, sort of, North Star through a lot of my life. Like I said, you know, there's a lot of difficult moments and having the blog always sort of gave me this feeling of purpose and something to, you know, stay well for and, and to, to be better for. And it even got me sort of how I got my, my job today. I, I you know, I, I took a while getting my um, undergrad degree, it took me like eight years because I had to take some time off for different treatments and stuff like that with my uh, mental health and substance abuse stuff going on. And so on paper, I really wasn't so great for the jobs I was applying for. Like I had a bunch of odd jobs, housekeeping and working at a pie shop and like stuff like that. So I made a portfolio of the blog and I had writing samples and my like views and my stats and all of that. And I applied for an internship, a paid internship at Johns Hopkins. And I got the internship, which eventually led to an official job position there. So I have the blog to even thank for that. You know, it really has given me so much, not to mention the community too, and meeting all these wonderful people, meeting you, you know, so many people I've met through the blog and the lymphedema events and stuff like that. So it's, it's really kind of shaped my life more than I ever could have imagined. I think that's really cool that this shout into the dark, this, I mean, it, it wasn't a cry for help necessarily, but it was just like, Hey, is anyone out there going through this too? Is anyone out there want to talk about this? Or, you know, I hope that, you know, my stories can help somebody just even that shot in the dark has shaped your professional career. Mm -hmm. uh, you're I'm assuming probably part of your personal life. Um, oh, yeah. I'm sure that you've made friends that have, you know, internet friends that have become real mm -hmm. friends and that whole uh, world there that, yeah, I mean, I would hate to think what our community would be like without the Lymphy blog, but Thank I you. feel like that would also, Alexa would be totally yeah, different. Today. I don't know who I'd be. Yeah, you're exactly right. I think about that sometimes too. It's like, if I didn't have this, you know, I don't know who, who I would be or what I would be doing. I'd probably have, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I'd be happy somehow either way, but it wouldn't be the same. Like this has given so much like tenfold, just the, the people again that I've met through this alone has been incredible. A lot of internet friends. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of good internet friends. Um, I remember when we met in Boston at the NLN conference. Mm -hmm. it seems like that was one of the last things I ever did before COVID. I know. <laughs> I know. It's like time is frozen in 2019 for me. I mean, I had mm -hmm. my son last year, and that's like a strangely isolating, like wonderful experience of its own. 
Um, mm-hmm. But you throw in a global pandemic where no one's coming over to see you and you're just at home. Yeah. I feel like in my mind, life ended around November, 2019. Yeah. So I had just, I was like five or six weeks pregnant in Boston and I knew, and I think Brittany, my partner with BFF knew, mm-hmm. um, but otherwise no one else knew. And I remember meeting you and I remember you like walked up to me and you're really excited. And I was like, Oh, who's this really nice girl? She wants to talk to me. And we're the same age. So I don't mean to be like this girl because you're a grown woman. And I was like, Oh, this, she's so nice. And I'm like, she listened to my podcast. Oh, how weird. Oh, she, she recognizes my voice. Oh, this is so strange. And only like three or four times have someone come up to me and be like, Hey, your podcast. And I'm like, Oh, someone's listening yeah. to it. Oh, weird. Okay. <laughs> yeah so I imagine I don't know I imagine that you would be very happy in whatever life you were in but maybe like there would be something missing like you'd always yeah. kind of have this like there's something I want to do that's really scary and exciting and I just can't put my finger on what it is yeah no, I think you're right I'm, I'm a big believer in everything happening the way it's supposed to happen and when it's supposed to happen. And that's always, that's, I think, kept me sane through a lot of my years too, is like just that holding on to that belief that everything is happening for a reason. And this, you know, having lymphedema, you know, I was born with it and all of that, but I I think this has, that happened for a reason too. And and starting the blog and, and reaching all of these people in that way and connecting people and, I don't know. I think that that's kind of been my, my purpose. And eventually, like, I would love to just be able to, to focus on this full time, um, you know, but that's kind of a ways off to figure out even how to do that. But that's like the ultimate dream would be able to just do this full time. And like you, you're saying with the podcast, you kind of had a, a bit of an unintended, like hiatus a little last year, like I only, I think posted like eight posts last year. And it was just I kept beating myself up over it because I was like this I I don't feel good if I'm not writing and getting stuff out but care is really important especially living with a condition like this so I'm trying not to be hard on myself about it but it doesn't feel right if I'm not working on the blog you know so it really is kind of big big part of me so lymphedema podcast is supported by Bryland's Feet Foundation Juzo and Medi USA Learn more about each sponsor on our website, lymphedemapodcast.com, and listen to their episodes while you're there. Well, and if you don't mind me bringing it up and you can totally tell me not to and like move on, but you have had a, um, new occurrence, I guess you could say, or a you know, your lymphedema status has changed, um, in the last year or so you, Mm -hmm. you originally only were really presenting in one leg and now you have lymphedema in both. Is that correct? Yeah, there's symptoms of it. My lymphedema doctor that I see hasn't officially like confirmed that, I guess, but it, it does present in that leg. And after doing the ICG, um, imaging at the NLN, um, there were confirmed signs of it there too. So it's not something that I've really like said, you know, like really out loud or that my doctor and I have really talked about fully, but it does seem that it is 
presenting in that leg also. And there have always been days where like, if I'm on my feet a lot or it's really hot out, my left leg would, you know, swell in that same edematous sort of way that was like, mm, okay, like something's, something's happening on this side too. So um, it is something that I need to sort of kind of come to, come to terms with a little bit and talk about with my doctor too. But I, I do try um, when I, am compliant and a good lymphy patient. Um, I'll wear, you know, some compression on that leg too, even if it's over the counter compression socks, just to give it a little support. But um, it does, yeah, it's kind of going that way. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine just, you know, coming to terms with one diagnosis. And, mm-hmm. and I know it's not necessarily a new diagnosis, but it, it does affect your life differently. Yeah. To have both of your legs swollen in, a, in, in at least some way, you know, foot or to the knee or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's like a whole new thing. So as much as you are here for us, I would like to say that we, uh, the lymphedema community are here for you. So if you are needing yeah. help, um, you can reach out to us and we'll, we'll help too. I don't know. Um, I don't know if that's more encouraging and more like terrifying. <laughs> No, it, it's, I do it's, mean it's encouraging. encouraging. No, it's encouraging because there's so many. I mean, I learned so much from other people's experiences. I mean, Instagram has been an amazing thing for the lymphedema community. It's like exploded. The community has exploded on there, and seeing you know what people, other people's lives are like living with lymphedema and all its different presentations, and it, it teaches me a lot. So many bilateral people, you know on Instagram sharing their experiences that I know I'm going to be, you know, taking a peep at their pages and maybe reaching out about how they deal with that. Cause yeah, even just with the one leg, sometimes it's like, Oh my God, like I just, just need to sit down. I need to put my legs up. I can't imagine with two when the other one starts acting up more, it's going to be a learning curve, but we adapt. That's what we're really good at as lymphedema patients. We're really good at adapting and adjusting as needed. So so can you tell, you mentioned a little bit what you do, but can you tell us what you do in real life? What is your nine to five? Sure. My um, nine to five is in the marketing and communications department at Johns Hopkins Medicine, specifically on the internet strategy team. So I do a lot of um, work on the, the website and all of the little tiny microsites within the hopkinsmedicine.org website. Um, But my main focus, um, I support the School of Medicine and the Department of Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery, which is kind of funny because when I was a kid, I was brought to Hopkins before I was diagnosed with lymphedema and I was misdiagnosed by them um, because they weren't familiar with it at the time. So now it's such a trip. I sit in these marketing meetings with like the head of the Department of Plastics and I get to hear them talk about lymphedema and lymphedema surgery as being a priority. And it's like, oh my God, this is so cool. We've come so far. So that's a really crazy, neat thing for, for me personally, sitting in these meetings, like so thrilled. And my coworkers are like, why are you look so happy? <laughs> why are you look so happy in this meeting? I'm like, cause they said lymphedema. They're talking about lymphedema. So I try. Oh, sorry. It's okay. You literally have a place at the table. Exactly. Literally. And it's, it's such a trip. And I I have, you know, I'm not so high on the totem pole there, you know, my position, but I try when I can to bring in that like patient perspective when we're doing stuff with lymphedema. Like um, I knew of someone in the community who recently had surgery at Hopkins. And so I suggested to my manager, like, well, maybe we do a patient story on, on this patient. She just had lymphedema surgery here. So 
our team, our writer on our team got in touch with her and did a write up on her about her experience getting lymphedema surgery. So it's, I try and kind of get in and I'll say, oh, well, you should mention, you know, she's wearing blue in this picture. You need to mention in the copy that that's the color for lymphedema, you know, and, and kind of get that little bits in there. And so that, that makes me feel good to kind of, like you say, you have to sit at the table and get to sort of use my voice there whenever I can. Being in those meetings, do you ever consider the lymphedema surgery that they're talking about and marketing? And does that ever cross your mind? It does. And actually, after um, the the NLN conference, when I had the ICG imaging and I was speaking with Dr. Wei Chen and, and he, you know, said that it's like, you know, I think you'd be a pretty good candidate for, for the surgery. And, you know, I, I really I'm kind of <laughs> it sounds really weird to say this, but I feel like would that change the way that I identify with my leg if it were suddenly like smaller or like normal? It, it sounds so strange to say that because like, why wouldn't you do the surgery? It would help me and help my leg and help stem the progression and this and that. But my identity has been so enmeshed with, with my, my swelling, which is such, it, it sounds weird. And so it scares me a little bit because I feel like I'd be changing a part of myself, even in a, the helpful way, but in like all good changes are scary ones, I think. So it's yeah. not, a, you yeah. know, but it's something I, I have considered and I haven't gone so far as to really research yet and, and look into doctors and stuff like that. But um, it's definitely been on my mind and it's something that I've, I've thought about, um, but it, it's just a weird thing. I'm, I don't know, to come to terms with, it would be a good thing. It would be a good thing, but. I could see that, you know, it's something that is so much of a part of you mm -hmm. that it would be difficult to part with. Right. And, but it might be nice to see it go, but then you don't yeah. know how you would feel, you know, it's probably like empty nesters with parents or something. Right. Empty like, leg syndrome. <laughs> empty leg syndrome. Like I can't wait till my kid goes to college and then their right. bedroom's empty and the house is quiet and you're like, oh, what do I do now with this life? Right. And it, and I already, it, this is also going to sound kind of strange, but I already get a lot of flack sometimes for having or presenting as a smaller leg lymphy. Like I already get a lot of comments from people who get angry sometimes when I post pictures of myself and, you know, with my leg exposed or whatever. And they'll be like, well, why don't you post pictures of people with real lymphedema or, oh, easy for you to wear a skirt. Your leg looks like that, you know, and, and comments like I try and keep that in perspective and understand, you know, where these people are probably coming from. They're probably, you know, they're, they're frustrated and they're hurting and it's hard to live with this. And I can't even imagine what it's like to, to live with a, a more, you know, advanced stage of lymphedema mine is mild I've had fibrosis and things like that my leg still feels heavy you know I still get it, sometimes I lose feeling in my leg from the swelling on the, the nerves occasionally too like I have all that stuff but it's not the same as someone who has a more severe case and, and not that it's a competition either but getting those comments still kind of affects me because it's like well I, I do have real lymphedema like you know and, and if I were to, you know, get the surgery and be even more indiscernible, you know, with my lymphy leg, is that going to invalidate, you know, my, my voice or my perspective? It's like weird things like that go on in my head of like, you know, is that going to change things or, or 
make people, you know, not see me as, as an authority on the experience because I don't have a visibly swollen leg anymore. It's, it's a very weird dichotomy. So. That is an element of the lymphedema world that has not been something, I don't want to say I haven't been aware of it because I've seen it in the clinic. Um, Luann was one of my patients um, that I did a story on recently after she had passed away, but um, she was a heavy set woman. She had very large legs. Um, and she, I remember having this very tiny, frail, sweet little old lady come into the office and she had lymphedema mm-hmm. in her leg. Now it was larger, but she could hide it under like a regular pair of trousers that were wide legged, mm-hmm. but it was significantly larger than her unaffected leg. And I remember Luann specifically saying to me like, you know, I just can't believe she would come in here and, you know, pat me on the back and say, I hope you have a good session today. Like I I feel so much better after leaving and seeing Betty today. I hope you have a good day of therapy. She's like, how dare she wish me well in my lymphedema therapy (laughs) today when she can just walk out of here and she's fine. And I saw her wearing shoes and I haven't worn shoes in three years. And it's not a competition of whose lymphedema is worse. If anything, and and Luann and I had a relationship like this. If anything, that says more about their heart Mm -hmm. and where they're at in their headspace than it says about their lymphedema. Right. And I feel like that's extremely unfair to patients like you who, I mean, The words honestly kind of fail me because my initial response is not something I would want to say out loud ever (laughs) (laughs) because I just feel like it's not nice to say that to people and they should just mind their own business and be angry by be angry alone because pulling someone down and making them feel like a fake and invalidating their experience is no worse than if someone was to come to them and just say, well, you have lymphedema for X, Y, Z reason. And I think, you know, your experience is invalid. It would just infuriate them and make them feel worse. Exactly. So, I mean, it's, I have a lot of people who reach out to me and say, well, my doctor just says I'm fat and I need to lose weight. Well, what Mm. if that was the rebuttal? You know, I'm sorry. I had a small frame and my leg is swollen. Right. But if you were to turn around and validate their experience, that wouldn't make anyone feel better. And that's not what our community is for. Right. Um, so back to the surgery, uh, mm-hmm. I did have an interview with Dr. Chen. It's a three-part series because we talked yes. a whole lot. Yes. So <laughs> if you wanted to listen to it, he does talk about his research and his findings. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was helpful to me because I, I haven't experienced lymphedema personally. I do not, I do not have lymphedema. Um, there's not anyone in my family who currently has lymphedema. So I, I don't want to discredit anyone's experience. I'm kind of like you're saying about how you're hesitant to get the surgery, but I do always want, like I would with a patient, I just always encourage them to look at all their options. Right. Um, I think of like traditional bandaging, Mm multi-layer bandaging, toe wrap, stockinette, foam, cotton, short stretch bandage, the whole nine yards. Well, 
we're not still doing that 24 seven, we're using compression garments and we're using right. Velcro garments and we have night garments that are padded and, mm-hmm. you and know, pumps and yeah. Yeah. So I always just try to encourage everyone to look at the whole picture. So I totally relate to you. I understand what you're saying about just not knowing exactly who you would be um, yeah. without it. Cause there, that's an identity. Um, it's an element to your identity. Yeah. But I don't think it would invalidate you. You <laughs> can do whatever you want. Um, you could get, I don't know, you could do whatever you want. And I don't think it would invalidate you because you've been such a light to the community and so many people get help from your blog and just your presence on Instagram and just, you could do whatever you want and it would be just fine. If anyone says anything else, I will Betty said, I can do whatever I want. So. Go ahead and give them my email address. And I will I'll take care of it. direct all complaints to Betty. Oh so. Lord. <laughs> I wouldn't do that to you. Um, hey everybody, this is Elise Cantu here to announce the Virtual Oncology Physical Therapy Summit. You don't want to miss this amazing virtual summit happening on April 17th, 2021. We're covering topics like lymphedema, chemotherapy-induced peripheral neuropathy, cancer survivorship, and how to navigate OncoPT as a new professional. You don't want to miss it. Early bird tickets are on sale now through February 28th, and I'll see you at the summit. So random question, do you have mm-hmm. any hidden talents or unknown hobbies that's not writing? Um, um, I don't have too many. I can roll my eyes really fast, but I can't do that on a podcast, I guess. Um, I can show you on the Zoom call <laughs> really fast. But um, no, um, hobbies, though, I really love, I love movies, like anything from old black and white to like weird cult classics and it's not even a guilty pleasure at this point. I love Lifetime movies and I'm like a paid subscriber to their Lifetime movie club. So that is an out and proud Lifetime movie aficionado. Um, and I also really love um, art. Like I do some doodling and I try and put it on my posts when I can or like merch in my online store. But I love going to museums and where I live in Baltimore, I'm in walking distance to one museum and like a short bus ride to another one so I like to go when I can pre-pandemic I was like always you know trying to go and I I wrote a blog post about this before but I like to look for like hidden lymphies in art museums and find you know project like lymphedema you know onto these subjective paintings and stuff like oh they're like you know looks a little big they could they could be a lymphie you know and just finding that representation (laughs) creating it for ourselves but um other than that, I mean, I have a twin sister, so that's not a hobby really, a special, <laughs> or a special talent, but I do have a fraternal twin sister who does not have lymphedema. Um, so we like to joke, well, I like to joke, it makes her feel kind of bad, but I say, you got all the good lymphatic from the womb. And she's like, stop, I didn't mean to. But, um, but no, it's, so I do a lot of things with her when I can and we just talk every day. And so that's oh, my that house. So cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad so, that you're close with your sister. Oh yeah, she's my my best friend, built-in best friend. That's what my mom likes to call us. So, yeah. Cool. Um, so, Lifetime movies. Do you have mm-hmm. a favorite genre? I mean, I feel like it's like Christmas Lifetime movies. No, I don't do the Christmas ones. I like like the really specific genres, like um, 
the the surrogate who wants to take over the family when the baby is born and run away with the baby or like um you know any kind of like the eric roberts does this great stalks by my doctor series like it's like a trilogy um so love any eric roberts lifetime movie um any of like the the early 2000s late 90s ones are like my my jam so the, the movie club that subscription has been one of my best and most used streaming services during the pandemic, especially <laughs> just watching a ton of Lifetime. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. All right. Do you have any projects with the blog that's currently going down that you can share with us? I have some um, product reviews that will be in the works soon. I'm, I'm waiting to receive said products, um, but one will be a compression garment, a new compression garment that's come out. And another will be um, a compression pump that I'm going to, to trial from the works of getting those organized. But otherwise, I'm always have like a couple different drafts like percolating at a time. And it's just a matter of having the time to really work on them and finish them. Um, so if I can get like one or two posts up a month, that's my goal this year. So hopefully that'll happen. But um, but yeah, just trying to get writing done when I can. That's awesome. That's exciting. I can't wait to yeah. see what you got Cohen coming out for the garment and the pump. So yeah, in my mind, I'm guessing what it is, but <laughs> I'll save my uh, suspicions for later. Yes, <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> All right, Alexa, thank you for being on today. Thank you for talking to me um, in detail. And I mean, pulling back the layers a little bit, I think, um, for the woman behind the blog, The Limpy Life. Yeah. Um, I think Thanks it's for always, the opportunity. You're welcome. I think it's always really nice to get to know, you know, a little bit deeper because you, I don't know, some people may or may not have the opportunity to come to some of these events like the NLN mm -hmm. um, where we get to like network and go to whatever cocktail hour or like vendor breakouts mm -hmm. and whatever. Um, but I have found that the community in the lymphedema world is really nice. Um, yeah. you know, there's some people who we've talked about today that really want to just like pull you down and discredit your experience. But for the most part, I feel like it's a lot of individuals who are just searching for answers. Um, and it's nice to see, you know, in a way that you're still searching for some answers, um, mm -hmm in that you, you share those with your blog and you help encourage people along the way. So I think it's nice to see that little peek behind the curtain. Yeah. Happy to, to give that <laughs> happy to be known <laughs> behind the curtain. All right. Well, Alexa, thank you for being here today. Do you have any words of encouragement or advice for anyone listening um, to this episode? I'm um, just stay elevated to keep your limbs elevated, keep your spirit elevated, especially right now with the pandemic, it's, it's extra isolating. Um, it can feel, you know, a little difficult to, to stay on track with your treatment and everything too. Um, I know I've fallen down that path a little bit myself, um, but just kind of, you know, keep yourself accountable and keep yourself elevated as much as you can. And, and, Stay with the community. I think our community is really good, like you said, at, at supporting one another and buoying each other up when we need it and um, having a really good ear when we need that too. So, And if anyone is listening that has not read your blog 
Where can we find more about the Limpy Life social media website? Where can we sure. find you? Um, so the website is thelymphylife.com and I'm on Instagram as Lymphy Life and then Facebook and Twitter as The Lymphy Life. So I'm all over. <laughs> Mother Teresa says loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. This podcast is here for you to find friendship and a community for your journey with lymphedema. I hope you enjoyed learning more about The Lymphy Life with Alexa today. Email me with your story if you would like to share lymphedemapodcast at gmail.com or visit the website lymphedemapodcast.com to submit a topic for another episode.